That's right where we are this morning with Romans chapter 8. If y'all got your uh, Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Now, we have got an opportunity. We're going to change things just a little bit this Christmas Eve. We've always had a Christmas Eve service, and this year we're going to change things just a little bit. Life Church in the River has invited us to participate with their Christmas Eve uh, service. And worship team, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you all that this morning. <laughs> We've been planning, our worship team's been planning and working hard for Christmas Eve, but I got a phone call from Bobby Davis um, Thursday saying, just asked me, said, Pastor Paul, would you be willing to come and be a part of what we're doing? We want, we, uh, the Lord's placed your, your church on my heart and we want to include you guys. He said, there'll be communion, there'll be worship and there'll be a devotion. And Pastor Bobby and, and, uh, Pastor Steve at the river has asked me to do the devotion. And I'm overwhelmed with the honor that they place on us and on our church. And I want to invite you right now to Christmas Eve. I think it'll be at Life Church. We'll start to have more details as that time comes, comes nearer. And I believe it's going to be early. I believe it's going to be like at 4 or 5 o'clock so that we can have a very brief Christmas Eve communion service and then get to our Christmas Eve dinner and family and, and be able to rejoice together. So I'm very excited about that. Please come and be a part of that. Romans chapter 8. You got your Bibles there? Let me ask you, have you ever had a problem? How many knows it's better to walk through that problem with the Lord than without? We are going to go through problems. It's a given. I know that you know that. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Uh, Mr. Blake, I've caught you off guard just like the whole morning has gone. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Bring that up for me. In the, bring it up in the uh, New King James for me if you don't mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. You know what, I kind of liked this last time. I'm not going to make you read it. I thought that went great last week, though. Romans chapter 8. Y'all stand up with me, though, and let's read this together. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. All right, are you ready? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labor with birth pangs to together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan with ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but the hope that it is seen is not hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask that it would come to life in us, Lord. It is the living word. It is the thing that divides the, the, the soul and the spirit, the flesh and the marrow, Lord. The, I just thank you, Lord, right now for the word to come alive in us and to change us right now. It is your word that brings change. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
You may be seated. You may be feeling like your life's falling apart. This is where we started last week. But we can live a life of no desperation because I can live a life in some of the most difficult days with a sense of expectancy in my life. This is the time of expectancy. Our kids start to see the presents show up. Man, what torture it is to see presents under the tree. It's torture. That's all they can do is think, what is that? And can I peek? How many of you ever peeked in your, in your presence before you got to open them? I did too. It was one of the worst days of my life. I can remember, I don't know that I meant to, but I got in my parents' trunk and I found a video game. Now, I don't have many youth here. You know, youth doesn't work real well with early service. They're here at the late, late service, but... I can remember the, one of the first video games. You know, you remember Atari came out, all that came out. Well, in television, anybody remember in television? It came out. Well, I, I wanted that. That's what I wanted. And I was in your trunk and I found it. <laughs> and you know what? It killed me, it ruined it. It's the weirdest feeling. To have wanted that, couldn't believe it. My parents were so good to me, they had gotten it for me, but for some reason, I couldn't tell anybody. I had to live with it for two weeks, not having it, thinking, am I going to be in trouble because I found it? And guilt came on me, and it ruined it for me. There is something, how many of you look forward to Christmas, but when it comes, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a relief and we get past it. It's the, expect, it's the expectancy. And there's an expectancy that Christ is coming. Jeff and Carrie Apple and their kids came up here to read this to show us that Jesus, that something better is coming. I want you to know in your life, something better is coming. I feel like the Lord has just given me a great word for this devotion for Life Church and for our church and for the river and for our community in that something better is coming. And it's a promise. And it's now. It's now and it's our future. Something better is coming. We see that as we walk through problems here in Romans chapter 8, I can handle my problems. This is a review from last week. When we, actually, when we realize that we're actually suffering, in the, we are actually sharing in the suffering of Christ. We've seen that if we will walk our suffering, if we will walk our life with Christ, we share in the suffering with Christ and we receive the blessing of that suffering that Jesus walked through. And we also realize that he is with us as we walk through it. And I can tell you, I need someone with me as I walk through things. Loneliness is not a call, is not a calling of God for me. Man was never intended to be lonely. But also, I can handle my problems when I remember that our present suffering is not worth comparing to our future glory. What you're going through is not the end. There is something better coming. We've just read that. Our future glory. Can I tell you that comparing your problems to someone else won't help you? Sometimes it helps a little bit with perspective. Sometimes we realize, and we just read here in Romans chapter 8, that perseverance has to be there. But let me tell you, it's going to take something big to help me get through my problems. And your problems aren't going to do it. I can't make it. Your pain can't help me out of my problem. Sometimes it helps me to wake up a little bit and realize I can get through it. But if I will realize that God's big enough, his future glory is big enough. 
That's what I have to look forward to. We've got big problems and we need big things to put it into the right perspective. And God's glory is big enough. In a moment, we're going to continue to see what it means to go through the suffering of Christ and his glory. But we're going to stop here just for a second as we read this morning. And we're going to talk about, I don't know, if, I don't know how much you've ever really gone into this. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but groaning. Did you read all the groanings that were happening here in chapter 8? There are three groanings in this passage. Three different groups of people that groan. And let's just quickly look at these. I want to get through this. I don't have much time, so I'm going to go very, very quickly. The first group of groaning, creation groans. Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says this. It says, creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, like the pains, the, the pains of childbirth, right up till Now, all creation, there are four truths never to forget about creation. I've jumped the gun there. Creation began, let me tell you, creation began as a good creation. Uh, If you read your one-year Bible, you're going to be coming up on January soon. And I want you to realize when God created the heavens and the earth, he looked at it and he said, that looks good. I did good. As he, all of his creation in those first six days all followed with good. When God created, it was good. When God created light, when he created the heavens and the earth, when he created the animals, what did he do? He looked at it and he said, it's good. What happened to turn a good creation into a groaning creation? Another thing about creation is, it is a fallen creation. We live in a fallen world. The good creation became fallen. What happened? Sin. Sin. How could something so good go through so many struggles? Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 says this. It says to Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. Whenever you go to, on Mother's Day or on your anniversary, or whenever you go and buy flowers and you go and buy roses, do you ever hit a thorn? That's a reminder. Sin is in the world. Sin is in the world. It wasn't by God's choice. It was by our choice. Creation is a fallen creation. And you know what? I believe that if we'd have been in Adam's shoes, I believe we would have made the same mistake. Because you know what? We're not Jesus. We're not God. We're not perfect. And I can tell you, it was just a matter of time until I had the ability to sin, I would have sinned. Can anybody relate? We like to sit here and blame Adam. Well, 
have you not sinned? Amen. It's a good perspective to realize how much we need a Savior. It's a fallen creation. That means natural disasters, I believe it comes back to the beginning. I believe it's man-made. That may go right over your head. It's because of a fallen creation. I believe if sin had never entered, it would have been perfect. Perfect. God is a perfect creator. All these natural disasters we see, I believe, are, are due to our sin. That's why we have struggles and pain in our life. But number three, about, our, about creation. Creation now is groaning. It is waiting. Have you ever heard the, the groans of creation? El Nino. Sometimes we call it a hurricane. Have you ever heard thunder? That's creation. Making noise. Making its voice heard. It says that creation waits in eager expectation. Can you imagine that? Creation is groaning. It's waiting. Can you feel creation groaning more now than ever? You can almost feel from up in the earth crying out for God to come. All creation. But finally about creation. Someday it will be a glorious creation again. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Romans chapter 8 verse 19, we just read this. Creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Look Look how impacting that is. Creation's waiting for us. That's saying when you and I are redeemed, so is all of creation. Somehow, it's all going to be destroyed. And the Bible tells us by fire. And it's going to be incredible and glorious. The Phillips translation says, The whole creation is standing on tiptoe, eagerly awaiting the revealing of the sons of God. Can you sense it? All of creation is standing on its tiptoes trying to look over the fence to see, are the sons of God coming? Where are they? Right at hand. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? The world is a great place to live now. There are glorious things to see now. One of my favorite things, if you've been sat under my preaching at all, you know my favorite thing is sunsets. Only God could do that. Go try to do it yourself. Only God can do that. Only God can paint the sky. And only God can reach your heart through his creation. Only he can do something so great that it hits you where no one else can hit you. Look at the mountains. Look at the trees. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when it's absolutely perfect? I can't. I get so touched by nature now, and I'm not a, uh, don't take this wrong, I'm not a tree hugger. You know, I don't eat pine cones. But I'm so touched by nature and by animals. 
Just our dog. We got a little Boston Terrier. Go, go try to do that. You can't. You can't. But what else groans? Creation groans. Second, it says, that, what does it say? It says, we groan. We groan. Listen to your husband or your wife when they get out of bed. I don't care how old you are. My children, they'll pop up. And sometimes they don't even remember it. Create, we groan. We groan. It's a natural thing. We're waiting. Who doesn't long for something more? Even as a Christian, I long for a better relationship with Christ. I long for a better ability to win in this life. You know, uh, Justin was saying how the intercessors uh, aren't meeting tonight. Intercessors, you don't have to pick up trash. Just go to the parade and walk the parade and pray over our city. I think that could be so much more effective than a prayer night. Go out and walk over our city and pray. Pray to yourself. Pray over our city. Who wants to see breakthrough in Cookville? Do you know it's it's our responsibility? Do you know it says that God will heal our land? If my people will pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive your sin. I'll heal your land. Let's start this Monday night. Is anybody interested in doing the Word of God? Church is not a place to just come in here and sit and be warm and drink coffee and have a, have a good time. It's a place to get, get equipped and to go do His will. If you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower. We'll be one. Go do it. Imagine a pastor telling his church to go do the Word of God. Let's go. We groan. The Bible says a couple of things about this longing. It's because we're waiting for a couple things. Romans 8, 23, not only but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption of, as sons and, and the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for adoption. Last week we read that we are in God's family, that he's already adopted us into his family. We've talked about how God is now our father and how hard sometimes that is to receive. It's even hard sometimes to believe that if we pray that Father God will even hear us. You know what that is? That's groaning. We're longing for, that, for, for, the, for the separation to be removed. For us to be genuinely, you may not know it, but as a Christian, when you hurt and when you're burdened, you're longing for the relationship to be completely restored. We wait eagerly for our adoption of sons and the redemption of our bodies. The things that I'm longing for is for, the, for Jesus to come to restore a perfect relationship with me and to rid the world of all sin and for us to rejoice together. 
We're also waiting for the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies will become perfect as God designed them to be. You know, as we have birthdays, you know, it talks, it talks in Scripture about being eager. That we're waiting eagerly and patiently. You know, when you're five years old, you're probably more eager than patient for your birthday. When you're 40 years old, you're probably more patient than eager for your birthday. However, the older I get, the more eager I get for Christ to come. The older my kids get, the more eager I get for Christ to come. The more that I walk through counseling in your lives and in our lives and in our staff and in our families and in our city and in our nation, in our government, in war, the more eager I get for Christ to come. We wait patiently and eagerly. Every time you feel, how am I going to get through this? It's a reminder that one day God's going to enable us to get through everything. He does that now. I don't know if there's anything to help facing struggles more than that, but to know that God is with us, Emmanuel. God with us. We're waiting. He's going to make us new. And so many times we live this life wishing that we have in our car like James Bond, 007, the ejector seat that we could just, in our troubles, could press the button and be raptured up right away. Anybody have ever driven down the road and just thought, yeah, I'm not talking about suicidal thoughts, but just thought, Lord, please come right now. If you were going to come right now, it would be the time to come. Before I go and have to get in this meeting, before I go and have to face my wife, before I go and have to face my kids, before I go and have to face life, Where's the ejector button? Pull the handle. <laughs> Woo! God says, nope. Nope, I've got a purpose here. And walk through this with me. And you will come out better than you are now. You walk it out with me and you will come out better. God, I can't see it. You're not supposed to see it. If you could see it, you'd run, you'd mess it up. How many of you know if you knew the end, you'd, you'd mess it up? Praise God, he does not show me the end. He shows me just enough to trust him and not get myself in trouble. God's coming. God's coming. The world here is limited. It suffers. We have pain in this body. We have pain in this world. But it's important part of our lives. Pain is an important part of our lives, believe it or not. God is using those struggles and those sufferings to build something that will last for eternity. And he's using it in two ways. Number one, he uses it to remind me that the world is not all there is. Every time I realize I can't trust myself to find someone else to trust, he draws me nearer. He's the one I can trust. If I could do everything on my own perfectly, why would I need to trust God? Second, he uses these struggles to build character in my life that will last for eternity. And only God can do that. We wait eagerly and patiently. But finally, as I close, groaning, finally, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit groans. It says in Romans 8, 26, 
In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. And he who searches the heart, search the heart, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We are a Spirit-filled church. We believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that when you can't pray, the Spirit prays. And that's why it's so important that you ask for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and that you get your prayer language. I don't want to, I'm not even going to go there. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know what my prayer language does for me? How many of you have got to the point where you don't know what to pray anymore? It's okay. Have you ever got to the point where you've prayed it yourself out? I've said everything I know to say. Nothing's happening. I don't know what to pray. Do you know that's what your prayer language is for? That when the Holy Spirit prays through you, He prays a perfect prayer. He prays mysteries. He prays in a language that Satan cannot understand. But I believe here also that as we receive Christ, that the Holy Spirit is working on our behalf. And as creation groans, as we groan, the Spirit groans. When I don't know what to pray, the Spirit does. He not only knows what to pray, He not only tells me what to pray, but the Bible says He actually prays for me, within me. This isn't saying that we're not supposed to pray. James says that we have not because we ask not. It's saying that when I, don't, that when I start to pray and I don't have the words to pray, that I don't know what God's will is in the situation or I'm hurt by it and I can't express it in words, that the Holy Spirit prays for us. I can tell you my words aren't big enough to get me out of my problems. I need on God's playing field. And the Holy Spirit places me on it. Amen. We all stand up with me? I'm running so late. Sunday school teachers, please forgive me. We're going to take communion. If the ushers would go ahead and come forward and start to prepare, prepare yourself. I'm just going to pray right now, and we're going to sit back down, and they're going to serve you. And we're just going to do the altar call right here along with communion. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't mind, just to bow your heads with me. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here in just a moment, I want you to step out of this aisle and walk up here and let us pray with you. Do you have a prayer need this morning? Are you hurting? Are you hurting physically, mentally, relationship-wise? Well, how are you hurting? I want you to lay down your pride and I want you to step out in just a moment and let us pray with you. At this time right now, we're going to be renewing our covenant. If y'all don't mind, just have a seat. I'm sorry I had you stand up. It'll make it easier on my ushers to serve you sitting down. As we renew our covenant with Jesus Christ this morning, you may have already received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but I want you to know it's time right now if you repent for another, another fresh start. Do you know that Jesus Christ, that the Father sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross for your sins has given you a way to come clean again? 
you're a Christian today and you've walked through some sin and you feel like you have been a failure to Christ. But I want you to know Jesus Christ made a way for you. Thank you. He made a way for you to come clean this morning. And the only way that comes clean is by repentance and by the blood of Jesus. Before we ask for prayer for healing, before we ask for for prayer for breakthrough in your life, in your marriage, in your jobs, it's time to come clean. It's time to ask for repentance. It's time to turn from our sin. And when we come clean, the Word says we can boldly approach the throne of God. Do you know there can be no sin in the presence of God? Come clean before the Lord and let's ask Him for breakthrough. And I believe, church, this morning, this first Sunday in December, is the day of your breakthrough. Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit desires to work in your life right now. Have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, you desire that, I want you to step out in just a moment and let us pray with you.